0: Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Priority Pursuit. Guys, I am so excited for this podcast episode today because we actually have the pleasure of having our own personal podcast manager on the show, Travis Handles. Oh my goodness. So, so, so many things of Priority Pursuits and answers all my audio questions. And yes, just all the things that guys, this podcast literally would not exist without him. But anyway, Travis Albritton launched Honest Podcasts in 2021. He was literally originally a rocket scientist, guys, like for real, an actual, actual rocket scientist. But Travis has always had a mind for taking complicated problems and creating simple solutions as well as a heart for serving others. Having started and led a variety of ministries around the southeastern United States and launched a successful online teaching ministry himself, Travis realized his passion for equipping people with the tools they need to thrive both in life and online from becoming an Amazon best-selling author to hosting a podcast that has been downloaded more than 350,000 times in 158 countries. And guys, that's that's a lot of times, like just for a reference point. That's a ton. Travis learned firsthand what it takes to share a message that resonates and drives people to take massive action. It was as the head of content at Buzzsprout, which if you're not familiar, is a podcast hosting system. So, yeah, he really knows all the things that Travis saw an opportunity to help value-driven business owners create effective podcast strategies without compromising their principles. And guys, today, Travis is on the show to explain all things podcasting, from why you should consider starting a podcast for your small business, and then also how to get started in creating your own podcast. So Travis, we are so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me, Victoria. This is going to be a lot of fun.
0: It's going to be great. So I... (laughs) Basically, I mean, I know that like it seemed like a long introduction, but really everything I share just does not give justice to all that you do, all Honest podcast does. So would you mind introducing yourself and just, yeah, tell us all the things?
1: Sure. So like Victoria mentioned, my name is Travis Albritton and I run a podcast production agency that is really focused on equipping and helping service-oriented businesses and business owners. And that was due to a blend of my own passions and pursuits to really be on the nose with the podcast here. (laughs) Love it. Uh, And I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs are that way, that the business that they start really maps directly to the things that they're passionate about, the problems that they see in the world that they want to fix. And they feel this call that's, you know, to a mission, that's higher than themselves to try and make something happen and create value for others. And that's really how the business that I have now was born. It was really a kind of an amalgamation, a combination of a lot of things that I was excited about and seeing opportunities in the marketplace and just having conversations and things happening that I wasn't looking for that just kind of popped up. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe this is a new pursuit. And so that's kind of how I've gotten to here and that it wasn't necessarily like this really thought out, deliberate, intentional plan. It just kind of evolved and unfolded over time. And and now I get to serve awesome entrepreneurs and
0: help them make great content. That's amazing. And I mean, I do think that one thing that people listening, small business owners listening, really need to take away is the fact that you know you built a business around the fact that you saw a gap in the market, a need in the market, and you saw you know, specific people's needs, and you worked on filling those needs. I think a lot of times people start businesses just based upon the things that they want to do. And that's not always a bad thing. But to have a successful business, you need to be solving a problem. And so I just think it's really awesome that the way you went about founding your agency.
1: Sure. And a lot of that is just born out of... Uh... Bad experience, right? So so sometimes you just have to learn the lessons on your own. The very first business that I started, it was in the info, like kind of online education space. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, other people seem to be successful at this. I'm relatively smart. I know some things. Let me try and do this. Let me try and sell a course. Let me try and market it, promote it. And the ROI was not great. The return on investment there was about $5,000 to do everything, produce the course, website, landing page, payment form. I made a hundred bucks, so not a great ROI, negative five thousand percent. But I learned a lot of lessons, <laughs> such as identifying the problem before you create the product to make sure that there's actually a felt need and that people are wanting what you have instead of just in your head. This sounds like a great idea. Of course, everyone would want this, but it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> it, it rarely works that way. It's a lot easier. Business is hard enough as it is. You might as well make it easier on yourself to be like, okay. Everyone seems to be having this problem and no one's come up with a good solution. So I'm going to figure that out and I'm going to sell it to them. And I'm going to do that in a way that makes your life better.
0: Travis, we'll have you back on the show to discuss that topic at some <laughs> other point. I know listeners are like dying like, do I need to start a podcast? How do I start a podcast? So we'll try to stay on topic. But yeah, I'll shoot you an email later and we'll figure that one Perfect. out. But because we are on the Priority Pursuit podcast, we do like to start our, these interviews by talking about what your priorities are. So Travis, if you don't mind me asking what are your personal priorities and what kinds of boundaries do you set to protect them?
1: So that's a really great question. And this seems to be a moving target for me. About every two to three months, I kind of have to take an assessment and see how am I doing with my values and, and how I'm spending my time and the things that are important to me. And are the things that I say are important to me? Is that reflected in my calendar and in my pocketbook? Because that's really where I can tell, I can think in my head, like, these are my values, these are the things that are important to me. But if I'm not spending time doing those things, and I'm not investing in those things, then the actions I'm taking are not in alignment with what I think I want. And so for me, the the reason I got into entrepreneurship and the reason that I really wanted to work for myself is I valued freedom of my time more than money, more than how much money I could earn in my career as a rocket scientist, where it's really fun, you get to work on cool stuff, but your life is basically revolving around your job. And I didn't really like that aspect of the career path. And there are a lot of careers like that, where everything kind of revolves around your day-to-day, your week-to-week. And you can go to sleep and wake up and 10 years later, you're still on the same kind of hamster wheel, just maybe earning about 50% more in your paychecks. So for me, one of my key values was I want to maintain freedom of my time. I want to be able to respond to things that I see, needs that I see, very involved in the church that I go to. And so wanting to be available to help and to serve there, wanting to I have two young children, so wanting the flexibility of like, hey, we're just going to go to the zoo this morning because we can and I don't have to ask permission from somebody to take time off. Like those kinds of things are very important to me. And and so always thinking through, am I structuring my life in a way that gives me that freedom or am I trading some of that freedom for something that's more short-term focused? But beyond that, it's am I emphasizing relationships over profit? That's another one. Because you can always find more money to make. There's always more money to be made in the world. But you can't get back time with your kids. You can't get back time with your family and your friends. And so, am I optimizing my life and my business towards creating more of those opportunities? Or am I sacrificing those things that have much higher value in exchange for profit? And some of this comes down to knowing when you've made enough money. Because in business, you can always set a higher goal. You can always try and increase your revenue, be like, oh, we're going to grow by 20% this year. Why? Well, it sounds like a nice round number. And that's really the justification for it. But being able to figure out like, okay, this is how much I need in order to meet all my obligations, pay my team an excellent salary, and have some margin left over for things that I can't anticipate, and then be okay with that being enough. So once I started to figure out what those numbers specifically looked like, then I could know when to put my foot on the pedal and Try and accelerate the business when I could take a, a step back and say, okay, the business is doing well. It's growing at the pace that I'm hoping it would. I'm meeting all my goals. So mentally, I can disconnect from grow the business, grow the business, grow the business, and instead focus on those other key aspects of my life that are really important for just being a well rounded human being. And then the last really important principle and thing that is important to me is just my health, whether that's eating right. Exercising, being fit, having energy to play. I have a four year old and a one year old. So they're always wanting to, you know, turn me into a jungle gym. And that requires a lot of energy. (laughs) And sometimes caffeine just won't do it. And so my health is important too, just because, you know, like if I sacrifice my health in order to pursue business excellence or what have you, then what am I giving up? I only have one body. And so why not take the best care of it that I can, especially if I have that freedom of time? Let's make sure that I'm prioritizing the things that are going to help me continue to be in a position to perform as well as I can 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now, and really have a high quality of life and not just be able to order DoorDash whenever I want. So those are the priorities and the principles that I think through when I analyze my life and I look at the trajectory of it and to to kind of tack back and forth and make sure that I'm still on the right track and I don't get too far off track.
0: Oh man, there were there were just so much, so much wisdom in those answers. I love that. And I also really appreciated the fact that you said that you are Evaluating on a regular basis. I think a lot of times when we have priority conversations, you know, you start your business and you identify what your priorities are. And then a lot of small business owners just fail or they don't prioritize the evaluation of those priorities. So I think that's really awesome that you're thinking about that on. I think you said like a month to month basis.
1: Yeah, or or like a quarterly basis. So I use the full focus planner that Michael Hyatt makes. And I've been using it for about three or four years now. And it's great. And it has a quarterly cadence to it. And so it's got some great kind of natural check-ins there. And to your point about like kind of getting sucked into the small business and the the details, unless I'm careful, I don't know about anybody else, but unless I'm careful, it's easy to sacrifice the important for the urgent. And if something is like right in my face, like, okay, we need this much money in the checking account in the next two weeks, or I can't pay my people. Then that becomes like, okay, emergency code red must fix this. And every once in a while, that's fine. But if that's every single day, that's how I'm operating, then I can't think long-term enough to actually be intentional about the path that I'm pursuing. It's just, how do I react and respond and put out fires and then go find the next fire and find the next fire? And it's really hard to bring your full self to solving the problems in your business if you're always just reacting and responding to issues instead of trying to chart a long-term intentional path for where you want to go and how you want to get there and how quickly you want to get there as well.
0: Man, we haven't even gotten to like to today's actual topic today. And again, there's been so much wisdom, and then in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, like he was in ministry and like a pastor, and it's like, yes, I feel like I'm being like preached to. Him. Like this is great. So I'm, I know our <laughs> listeners are also loving this. And Travis, I feel like you've already touched this on this a little bit, but do you mind if I ask, what are your top three business priorities, and what kinds of boundaries do you set to protect those?
1: So as the CEO of the business. The main things that I'm responsible for or accountable to is kind of my core leadership team. Number one, making sure that they have everything they need to do their jobs well, whether that's direct support from me, intervention from me, guidance, but then also giving them enough trust to feel like they can fully own whatever is on their plate. And so, from a business perspective, you're only as good as the people you put around you. It's really hard to be a one man show or a one woman show. And so, that's always a priority for me, checking in. Am I doing enough to support you? Do you have everything you need to be successful? Is there anything I can do to be more to help you be even more effective or more efficient? Or and even just checking in and saying, "Hey, have your priorities shifted?" So, like, I had a conversation with one of my leadership team members, and he was telling me that yeah, his his wife is transitioning from one career into a different one, and so it's like, okay, so let's make sure that we adjust what's on your plate to make sure you can accommodate that. So even just like checking in periodically to make sure that they feel supported not just in the work they're doing, but also that the work they're doing complements where they're at in their season of life. So that's one thing. The other thing I'm responsible for is revenue. Is the business bringing in enough cash to continue to keep the business running? And I certainly have goals and, and revenue goals and targets and things like that. And they're all reverse engineered from what does enough look like? We don't need to be an eight figure business in order for everyone to be really happy with what they're doing. And am I on track to meet those goals? And if not, what adjustments do I need to make in order to hit the revenue targets that actually mean something so they're not just some arbitrary number that we picked out because it looks really good on a spreadsheet it actually has significance so those are my top 2 priorities and the things that I'm responsible for as a CEO of a business but then something that isn't necessarily as tangible is thinking about long-term impact and like what's the legacy that we want our business to have not just for the clients that we have but then the people that are touched by our clients right so for this podcast for instance The impact that we have isn't just in our relationship with you and the other members of the Tree Frog team. It's the people that this podcast is now going to reach. Like we get to have a hand in helping shape that impact as well. But again, it's really hard to think about answering those kinds of questions when you're in the middle of putting out a bunch of fires. So I try and stay as much as possible in those kind of three realms, focusing on top line revenue and profitability of our products, empowering the people on my leadership team to make the best decisions. And the thinking about the long-term impact that we want to have and making sure that the decisions we make on a daily basis are leading us in that direction and not away from it.
0: And it's so cool to see the business that you've built and that those clearly are your priorities. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Like I said, there I mean, there are so many episodes that we could we could just go <laughs> in a totally different direction right now and talk about so many things. But Travis, before we get into the nitty-gritty of you know how you start a podcast, what kind of microphones you recommend, you know, all the many, many questions that I have asked you for the course of working <laughs> together. Let's start in a big picture. So why should a small business owner or leader consider starting a podcast? So in other words, what are the benefits of starting a podcast and how can a podcast aid in a small business's marketing efforts?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple of things whenever I'm starting to work with a new client that we discussed right at the beginning, because... There's a million and one things that you can do to market your business, right? It's all about the opportunity cost of what's the best thing to do right now considering the resources that you have. So it's like should you be on TikTok? Maybe. Should you have a podcast? Maybe. Should you be on YouTube? Maybe, right? It all really depends on the on the business and where they're at. And there's a number of reasons why having a podcast could be a great opportunity and a great decision. Number 1, For production cost reasons, podcasts are pretty inexpensive. So once you buy a microphone or two and you get a couple software things put together, you can have a successful podcast for less than $100 a month. So when you think about capital expense in order to market your business, it's really just about your time recording it. And then if you're doing the editing yourself, editing it as well. A lot of businesses hire an agency like mine in order to do that production to ease that burden. But you don't have to do that. If you're bootstrapping it, you can watch some YouTube videos and figure out how to do it yourself. But then beyond just that it's affordable and it just requires kind of some time and a little bit of expertise, there's a couple of reasons why podcasts right now are a growing medium, especially with businesses. One is because there's still very little competition, relatively speaking. So the internet's a big place. There's a lot of people. They're all talking. And the goal of any small business is to stand out and to be heard. This is something that Donna Miller preaches all the time with StoryBrand, right? You're trying to cut through the noise and put your business front and center in the minds of your prospects and people that could become your customers. So when it comes to blogs, I think there's over a billion blogs on the internet. That's a lot of competition you're going up against, even if you're really good at SEO. There's something like 300 million YouTube channels, so quite a few. And just because it's been around for a little while, it's a mature platform. It's the go-to place for video on the internet. And so there's a lot of people that are producing content there, a lot of businesses doing that. Podcasts are new to the game, relatively speaking, like 15 years old. And so, as a medium, it's new. And if you look at the number of podcasts that publish a new episode on a weekly basis, you're looking at less than 250,000 in the entire world. And then within that, there's a lot of variety. So you have like true crime podcasts, you've got news update podcasts, comedy podcasts. So then, if you just look at, you know, let's just talk, about business, right? So like this podcast. So within that group of 250,000 or so active podcasts that are publishing on a consistent basis, then you have the business segment of that, which maybe let's just call that 30,000. Let's say there's 30,000 active business podcasts. And then within that, you have like business news, you got business interviews, you got business education, you got marketing, you got entrepreneurship. So let's say we're just going to focus down to marketing. So now out of that 30,000, maybe we've got 500 marketing podcasts. And now let's niche that down even more to marketing for small business owners. And let's say that's 200. So now you're not competing against a billion blogs or 300 million YouTube channels. You have 200 other people that are producing content for small business owners. And within that group, all you have to do then is differentiate yourself in one way, whether it's I'm going to reach certain kinds of small business owners, I'm going to take a, a particular stance that's different or unique, that's going to stand out, or We're just going to bring all of our personality to this and no one can match that. And so people will choose your podcast simply because they love you over another podcast, even if you talk about the same material. And so like for me, for the podcast that we produce for Honest Podcasts, it's called Honest Marketing. And the whole premise is how do you grow your business without selling your soul and really stay true to your values? And so that creates from that niche of 200 or so active marketing podcasts, if you were Marketing material, marketing help that you're going to feel really great about. Out of those 200 podcasts, maybe there's like four that really have that angle. And then you're going to find the host that you resonate with the most, and that's the one that you stick with. So I just kind of paint that picture to help lay the landscape for how, relatively speaking, easy it is to become the number one podcast in your space. If you're publishing content consistently, you know what you're talking about, and people are looking for help with whatever it is that you do, there's an opportunity. To be the go to person in an audio medium to give that information. And then there's a number of ways that it can return an investment to you. That could be that you want to grow a large audience within the niche that you serve, and that people build a relationship with you over the podcast and they become more qualified as buyers. And so the sales process is a lot more seamless, or you have people coming in as leads or prospects from your podcast directly. If you grow it to a scale that's large enough, You can start looking at sponsorships and add opportunities where other companies want to promote their products and services to your audience. And so you can do it that way. Or you can use it as a essentially a networking tool where you set up an interview podcast and the people you interview are very strategic, whether they have an audience that is closely aligned with the people that you serve. And by featuring them on your show, that introduces them to you or more direct if you're B2B, You can interview people that would make good clients. And so now, rather than saying, hey, can I get 30 minutes on your schedule in order to tell you about my business and how we can help you, it's, hey, I would love to pick your brain for an hour, talk about these three things that I know you have an expertise in, and I would love to share you with the audience that I've created because I feel like it'd be really, really really valuable for them, and I would love to highlight everything that you do. And so now you have something to offer your prospects. It's not, hey, can you do me a favor? and show up for 30 minutes so I can pitch you. It's harder to get a yes to that. But if it's, I would love to bring you onto my podcast to feature your expertise, you now have something that you're offering them to initiate the relationship. And then once you hang out for an hour and you're recording a great conversation, you have their contact information. They know what you look like. They know what you sound like. They built some trust in you just because of the back and forth that you've had. So now that sales conversation is a lot easier because it's like, hey, if you're ever interested in doing X, that's what we do. So if that's ever a need that you have, let me know. I'd love to serve you and your company. Actually, that, that is something we've been thinking about doing. Let's have a conversation. Let's get something on the calendar. Let me get so-and-so in here. And so you can also use podcasting as a way to get access to people that you normally wouldn't be able to get access to. So those, those are typically the ways that a, a small business would look to use a podcast to grow their business. But there's a number of ways that you can even split those strategies up, right? So do you have a internet-based business where you can do business with everyone? Or do you have a local business where you're more brick and mortar and your clientele are coming from a specific place? You can attack that from a strategy perspective. So if you have a more local business, you would interview people that are local or talk about things that are happening locally. And then your podcast kind of becomes the water cooler for the community. And then people tune into it because they want to know what's going on. But then you're associated with that and you now become like a tastemaker for where you live and you become known as the go-to business for whatever you do in your community. And so there's a number of ways that it can make sense and it really just comes down to what are you hoping to get out of it? And ultimately, to be successful, how long are you willing to stick with it as you figure things out and as you grow an audience so that you can outlast other people that will try a podcast, get bored with it, and then stop.
0: So pretty much, you know, why would you not start a podcast?
1: Especially as an experiment, <laughs> right? Buy a $65 microphone, the Samsung mm-hmm. QTU. It's the one Victoria is using right now. It's a great microphone. Pick it up on Amazon. And <laughs> we'll the link
0: in the show notes. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And record some episodes, put it out there. See if you like doing it. Like the capital expense up front is very small compared to YouTube where you're buying cameras and lights and audio and backgrounds and stuff like that. And then not everybody likes to write and not everybody's a good writer, but we all talk every single day. So it's something we can get practiced at, and bring some expertise to. And so there's a comfortability with podcasts that it's, it's hard to replicate elsewhere.
0: The Priority Pursuit Podcast is brought to you by Tree Frog Marketing, a marketing agency for small businesses that takes the guesswork out of marketing.
2: Most small business owners and leaders aren't sure where to start when it comes to their marketing and end up wasting time and money on marketing tactics that don't actually work. At Tree Frog, we take the guesswork out of marketing so that you have the freedom to focus on other aspects of your business and to life outside the office. To learn more about our services, which include
0: messaging and strategy development, website development, SEO management, content marketing, Google and social media advertising, social media management, sales funnel development, consulting, and more, visit treefrogmarketing.com.
2: On our website, you can also schedule a 30-minute consultation to discuss working with Tree Frog to build a marketing strategy for your small business that saves time, increases profit, and allows you to feel confident in your marketing. Again, visit treefrogmarketing.com to learn more about our services and to schedule a free consultation. Do you ever get caught up in a project and realize you should have eaten lunch about three hours ago? Or do you ever have a crazy week that makes cooking or even going out to dinner the last thing that you want to do?
0: We've been there
2: more times than we care to admit. So Thank goodness for DoorDash. DoorDash is a meal delivery service that connects consumers with their favorite local restaurants. In other words, DoorDash is a delivery service that can bring you food from almost any restaurant near you, whether it be a national chain or a mom and pop shop.
0: We love DoorDash because it saves time, allows us to support small businesses and enables local hardworking people to earn income as dashers. Basically with every DoorDash purchase, we know we are putting money right back into
2: our local economy without having to sacrifice work or time with family. If you'd like to save $10 on each of your first three DoorDash orders, that's $30 total, visit treefrogmarketing.com forward slash DoorDash. Again, to receive $10 off of your first three DoorDash orders, visit treefrogmarketing.com forward slash DoorDash. Travis,
0: you already started talking about this, but I think that A lot of people, a lot of small business owners have this misconception that if they start a podcast, it needs to be for other people like them. And like it needs to be business related or it needs to be marketing related or it needs to, you know, they need to teach them how they built the business that they built. However, can you speak to this a little bit? And just in that, you know, there are definitely a lack, like small business owners can use their podcasts to reach their current target audience. I mean, I feel like you touched on this a little bit already just talking about local and brick and mortar businesses, but could you maybe give an example just as to how, you know, a business owner who maybe doesn't have an online audience or, and doesn't want to break into the education space within their industry, how can they use podcasting?
1: Sure. Well, why don't we pick a company and we'll use it as a case study, a live case study on the podcast. So pitch Mm -hmm. me a company, like what kind of company are we going to make a podcast for? And then we'll, we'll tease it out.
0: Okay. Okay. So my head always just belongs in, you know, the photography space, just because that's what my background is. And we talk a lot about wedding photographers on the show, just because that's what I've done for so long. But I don't know, let's say newborn photographers. We'll change it up slightly, but not really. Newborn (laughs) photography.
1: So you have a small window of opportunity, right? So it's not going to be necessarily a recurring client unless they have multiple kids and you get them on the first one and it's going to be local. They have to travel to you to do this photography, right? So then there with the podcast, if your goal is to get clients... And for people to trust you when they come to you and come to your website and say, I want to choose you to photograph my newborn, knowing there's no redos here. Like there's only one person showing up in the hospital to take this picture if that's specifically where you're taking it. And so it's really important to build trust with those people. So those new moms, they got all kinds of other stuff that they're worried about giving birth. a lot of things going on. <laughs> uh, I've witnessed two of them. And so I can appreciate (laughs) the stress and anxiety that comes with that. And so how can you be one less thing for them to worry about that's really important to them? And so the podcast would either be, if I was creating this podcast, it would be tips to help moms that are trying to figure out or new moms try to figure out, do I want a professional photographer? Like what are the pros and the cons? What are the costs? Just so I kind of know what the range is and know what to expect, what kind of things are possible. So Is it possible to take pictures during delivery? And then you know that could be a question a lot of people have, and then you can answer that because you have that expertise. So it could start with tips and things that, just questions that you get all the time, and just answering those in a public forum so that people discover your podcast by looking for those answers. The other thing you could do is just share about the process that you have and what it's like to work with you as a photographer and sharing when I work with someone that's new Here's when we meet, here's how we plan things, here's how I make it really easy to get on the guest list so I can pop into the hospital and you don't gotta worry about it. And then here's how long it takes to do the photos and the videos, and here's what you get, and and here's why I do it this way. Just kind of laying out the whole process for people so there's no mystery in it. It's very clear, like this is what I get when I work with this person and this other photographer. I mean, I see they have pretty pictures on their website, but I'm not sure if they're gonna be as thorough as this other person. And then I would also just feature people that you've worked with in the past and just ask them about. Not necessarily the photography experience, but giving really great insight and advice to new moms that are about to have a kid for the first time and to kind of like help them share their experiences and feature their experiences because then those new moms will have friendships with other new moms down the road. And so when they say, hey, I'm looking for a newborn photographer, who should I go with? They're like, oh, well, you should go with so-and-so went on their podcast and talked about my experience working with them. And so it's really just about serving the person that you are hoping to do business with, with whatever it is that you do, and helping them work through their fears and their anxieties, bringing clarity to confusing situations, and then just being yourself and connecting with people and being trustworthy. And that ultimately is how you can use a podcast to build a business as a newborn photographer
0: man, we just put you on the spot and came up with all of that (laughs) great information. (laughs) Can we try, I hate to do this to you one more time, but just in that we have other small business owners who aren't necessarily in that creative space. Mm -hmm. So let's pitch one more at you. How about like somebody who has an auto detailing company?
1: Perfect. So the first thing is always identify what's the problem you're trying to solve. So an auto detailing company, people that pay extra to get their car, not just washed at like one of these drive through wash places with like the automatic brushes. I want an actual person buffing, waxing, vacuuming, cleaning out. Why is that important to them? Why are they spending money there? Right? It's because of the feeling that they get when they look at their car in a parking lot and it looks like it just drove off the lot and the status that that brings to them and the the self-worth that they feel by having a car that looks like that. And so I would speak to that, like that really like deeper felt need and you could either go in a much more on the nose way and talk about, similar to the newborn photography business, like, here's what we do, here's why these services are important, how often should you wax your car, how often do you really need to get it detailed, what if it rains right after, like, what can you do to kind of, like, clean it up, and then even talk about, like, further down the line, like, repainting cars versus wrapping cars, you know, pinstripes, are they in, they out, like, you can have fun with just everything that touches what you do. But you could also create a podcast that speaks more to the human elements of the story of how cars mirror and complement the identity of their drivers in the same way that like Mm -hmm. you'll see someone walking their dog in the park and you're like, that is totally a Cocker Spaniel owner. Like she just Mm -hmm, looks.
0: Yeah, that's my favorite thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like the dog truly matches the person and cars are very Mm -hmm. similar. And so you could even lean into that element of it. And so then it becomes more like a humans of New York angle. Of how do we capture the human stories that connect us all that care about cars? And then, oh, by the way, if you live here and you always want your car to look top notch, that's what I do. And <laughs> so then then it becomes more of a backdoor angle. So the strategy is more about like the human element and human connection. And then you're appealing to a group of people that would also be interested in what you do because you share that value, or you can be much more on the nose and have like an ultimate, like how to make your car look like a million bucks podcast where you are more practical and use that to gain customers.
0: So many options. And yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of small business you have, a podcast can clearly be made applicable in one way or another. And again, like you said before, so few people have podcasts. And I mean, when we start looking in the small business space, and then we start looking in all of these individual industries, I mean, I highly doubt there, I'm sure there are some, but there probably aren't that many, you know, auto detailing podcasts out there when there are only, like you said, what 250,000 shows total being produced on a weekly basis?
1: Yeah. So I just Googled car detailing podcasts. All right. And it looks like there are seven podcasts related to car detailing. And it looks like most of them are B2B, like teaching other people how to have car detailing or auto detailing businesses. So if your clientele is car detailers, then you've only got seven other podcasts in the space. If your clientele is people that need car detailing, you might be in a category of one.
0: And out of curiosity, like we love, you know, that like the lack of competition there. But what do people need to keep in the back of their minds in terms of should I create a podcast about you know their target audience? Because I think there are probably some people listening and thinking like, well, it doesn't exist because nobody's going to listen to it. So, do you have any advice around that?
1: There are so many random podcasts Mm -hmm. that you're like, how does this even exist? This makes (laughs) no sense. Why does this podcast exist? And it's because everyone cares about something. So if you have a business, a validated business idea, and people are doing business with you, there is an audience for content around what you do. Just full stop. If you don't have a business, then yeah, there might not be a need or an audience for what you're thinking about talking about. But if you have already validated, no, this is a problem people have. These are the common questions that I get. This is the way that I help people. Then there's an audience for that information, right? And so that's what I would say to that is if you already have a business, you've already proven that there's an audience that's looking for that information. Now, how big or small is that audience will depend on what you talk about. So like if you're starting a true crime podcast, there's more people consuming those than a car detailing podcast. But That doesn't mean that it wouldn't be valuable for you, especially if you're able to connect the podcast and the content you create there to how it helps your business grow. For 100 bucks a month, it doesn't take very much for that to turn into a positive ROI for your business.
0: Absolutely. Oh, good. I'm so glad I asked. Just wanted you know, <laughs> get that mental block out of anybody who is listening and thinking like, well, not doing that because nobody's going to listen. Like, yep. I love that point. You know, If you're already solving a problem, it's clearly a problem that exists. And why would they not want to consume more content from you? So Travis, another question I do want to ask though, just because I know that there are a lot of people thinking like, okay, that's cool. And those are some good points. But I am not qualified to start a podcast. So can you just clarify for us what qualifications are actually needed to start a podcast?
1: Are you a human being that can speak? Like those, just technically speaking. And I think one of the mental hurdles, talking about like qualifications that people run into is it's not that they don't think they can talk and record it, but that they're not certain that they can produce something to the quality that they're used to listening to of the podcast that they consume. Right. So if you listen to like Planet Money, there's a team of 30 people producing that show. You know, Dave Ramsey, his podcast. There's probably a team of 40 people behind that show. That's not your competition. That's not who you're, quote unquote, competing against. And the cool thing about podcasts is that production quality matters for sure. But it's much more about who do I connect with and who is sharing the information that's interesting to me. So like, I'll talk about my wife here for a second because we listen to very different podcasts. I'm very like education focused, like how can I learn something, glean something for people that are operating at a higher level than me? And she's more like, no, I want to hear these five people talk about the latest episode of The Bachelor. And their audio quality is all over the place. (laughs) They're talking over each other. One person keeps coughing and she doesn't care because ultimately she's there for the content, not for the production value. So you just have to make it good enough that it doesn't dissuade people from listening to you And then the content's what's going to keep them there. It's not that you have an audio engineer mixing in this background music. That's not why people will listen to your podcast. They'll listen to it because it helps their life in some way, whether it's to learn something or to be entertained. And so if you can just lean into what you do best, learn some basic best practices, we we can talk about those, then you can have a great podcast,
0: even if it's just you doing it solo. Yes. Okay. So we're going to get to this question later on, but you know what, I feel like you're just pitching it perfectly now. <laughs> so is it realistic for small business owners to start a podcast on their own or should they plan to work with a podcast or agency like yours from the beginning? And I know there are so, so many directions that this could go, but you know we will just try to keep it as black and white for people as possible. And then I guess another question I would think that you know, small business owners, they just need to consider as well as they're trying to think of if Trying to decide if they want to start a podcast about how much can they expect to pay for a podcast manager or agency. Sorry, I just pitched you like five million questions at once, but I know that like small business owners, their brains, they work really fast. And I know like they're listening to this and they're like, yes, Travis, you're right. I need to start a podcast. And then they have all these underlying (laughs) questions. So let's just knock them all out now.
1: (laughs) So the, the economics of producing a high quality podcast for your business. So you have to consider the opportunity cost and really what your time is worth to you at the end of the day. And so if you are in a position where you have a a team and you're not really in charge of billable hours anymore, you're kind of disconnected from the day to day and you have a lot of time and you would love to learn the ins and outs of producing, publishing, promoting a podcast, then you should do it yourself because that's something that you have the time to do. But if you're strapped for time, you're like, listen, I want to do a podcast, but I also got to keep the business running and I got to open the store at 9 a.m. and close the doors at 7 p.m. and get home in time for dinner. I don't have time to be editing audio files at 1030 at night, then that's where you would say, okay, well, in order to make this happen, I need to minimize my time involvement as much as possible. And that's usually where the ROI shifts to doing it in-house, doing it yourself versus hiring somebody to do it for you. And then also what's your budget? Like, what can you spend on the podcast where you're not going to regret it? Because content you don't get as much of a direct attribution as you do with like Google ads or Facebook ads, where it's like, we spent 49 cents per click and we made 295. So that was great. Let's do it again. Podcasting is a different beast. Content's a different beast. And so you have to see it as essentially a media channel to communicate the values of your business, knowing that in the long run, it's going to bring you back more than you invest into it. So you have to have that long term vision for the content and this way it's going to play into your business. And if you're not in a place where you can have that luxury to invest in a marketing effort like that, then you shouldn't do a podcast right now. You should focus on paying your bills and a podcast might not be the most effective way to generate revenue in the short term. So that's something else to consider. Is what can you reasonably invest in a podcast? And so if you're doing it yourself, yeah, you can produce a podcast for less than 100 bucks a month and then you're just paying with your time. But if your time is more valuable and you're like I want to find an agency, someone who has the podcast expertise, to basically take the things I record and make them awesome, then you're typically looking somewhere, it depends on which agency you work with and what they produce for you, but you're looking between $1,500 a month and all the way up to like $8,000 a month is the range. And you get a variety of different services at different price points and also their specialties and what they focus on, but that's a general range that you can expect if you're looking to work with a podcast production agency.
0: And I would say so, I mean, just in case listeners are interested, you know, since I've started, I mean, guys like whether, you know, we're full agency or consider a VA for a little while. I absolutely love, love working with Travis and his team. Travis answers all of my ridiculous questions and I finally feel like really confident in the things that we are doing, you know, best podcast practices, audio, things like that. Just that's an area of knowledge that I don't have. But when we first started the podcast, like I didn't have time to do the editing myself. And so at least I was able to hire a VA for she mean she edited the episodes like and cut out the weird pauses and that kind of thing but that was pretty much the extent of the service and so i don't i guess i just want to throw that out there just in case cuz i think the ultimate goal if you're going to have a podcast and you are really concerned about the production value like absolutely work up to an agency point but is it fair to say that you could work with a VA at least temporarily and kind of bridge the gap between the two options you laid out
1: oh for sure so that's certainly a viable option And what a VA does for you is it takes tasks off your plate, but it doesn't take the rest of it off. So like you are still responsible for managing this person and making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and that they did it correctly. So you got to double check their work and make sure, oh, they actually forgot to edit that part out that I told them to edit out. And so what you gain by not having to do the task of editing or things like that, you still keep in terms of oversight, project oversight. And so that's where you just have to consider your bandwidth. And do you have the bandwidth to invest in that? If you do, then a VA or an independent podcast editor could be a great way to go. But if you're like, I just want to record it and then not think about it. And know that somebody else is not only doing it, like it producing a great product, but they're also doing the necessary checks to make sure that nothing slips through the cracks. And I'm not going to get surprised when I listen to it on my car ride to my son's soccer game that, oh, that should not be in there. So that's the kind of peace of mind you gain with an agency is you have more people actively working on it and you're not involved in the process of producing your podcast and having to oversee it and make sure that everything turns out well. So it really just comes down to like what's important to you, where are you at with your time availability, the resources that you have. And then also the more work that you have to put into producing the podcast, the harder it is to sustain. And so if if you are doing everything with the podcast, you're inviting the guests, you're recording it, you're editing it, you're writing show notes, you're marketing the podcast, So you're actively networking and doing social media graphics and paying for promotions and, and you're doing all that while also trying to run a business. That's a lot to do if you're trying to do it for an extended period of time, which is really where a podcast starts to to really thrive is when you can get past the first six months or so.
0: Yes, And isn't there like a crazy statistic that only, I don't know, such a small percentage of podcasts make it past like, what is it, five episodes?
1: Yeah. So less than 50% of podcasts make it past seven episodes. And that's usually because somebody starts a podcast, they're like, this is a lot of fun, I enjoy it. And then after two months, they're like, this is a lot of work to do this every (laughs) single week. I'm not sure if I can keep this up. And so that's just a cost account. And it may be that you start doing everything yourself just to kind of get a sense of how much you can do and then count the costs on, okay, if I was to commit to this every single week for a year, like what impact would that have on me, my business, would it still be fun? Would I still enjoy it? if you don't like doing it, it's going to be really obvious when people (laughs) listen to your podcast. They're like, somebody strapped this person to a chair and put a microphone in front of them. (laughs) That's not the podcast I want to listen to. And so that's just something to be aware of, where you get that peace of mind with an agency if you can afford it.
0: Yes. And guys, for the record, highly recommend, highly recommend working with an agency, but we're all starting somewhere.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you got to start with where you're at. And maybe it's you start a podcast and you're bootstrapping it and you're doing it yourself, and then you have some goals. revenue goals or profit goals of your business that once you hit those goals that can unlock those other capabilities. But start with where you are. Don't feel like if I can't afford an agency, I shouldn't start a podcast. The best time to start a podcast was a year ago. The second best time is today. So just go for it. And then you can always improve it later on.
0: Do you have that on a t-shirt somewhere? A mug? I should.
1: A mug, a bumper (laughs) sticker somewhere.
0: If you get one, I'll buy one. I want one. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Awesome. Okay, Travis. So you know people are listening. They're convinced they should start a podcast let's break that down. This is a super big question. But how do you start a podcast? What tools do you need? Which we will, of course, link in all the show notes. And yeah, what do people need to do?
1: So starting with strategy, the biggest thing is, what is your podcast going to be about? And who is the podcast for? Those two things will inform a lot of decisions that you make. Because part of that is, who are you trying to appeal to? And so if it's an older audience versus younger audience, is it U.S. based, is it international, English speakers, mixed, different languages, that will inform a lot of the strategy behind how you produce the show. So like I have clients where it's very B2B, older demographic, talking like 45 and up. And so it's really more of a audio format, LinkedIn combination, because that's just what makes sense for them. And then I have another podcast that I produce that is like a golf talk show, like interviewing professional golfers. And that audience skews younger. So for that show, we're doing the audio podcast, but then we're also doing video for YouTube. And we're creating video clips for Instagram and TikTok and YouTube shorts and putting the podcast in the places where people that they're trying to reach spend time on the internet, right? So it's not just about having the right message, but getting it into the right places in front of the right people. And so, so if your audience skews younger, then I would encourage you to consider video if you have the ability to kind of like bring that capability in with an agency or something like that. But if you're just getting started and you just wanna know like, what's the very easiest thing I can do, just stick with an audio-only podcast, knowing you can always add video later on. So on the strategy side, that's what I would consider first. But if we're just gonna do an audio-only podcast, then there's a couple of things you need. You need a way to record the podcast, you need a way to edit those recordings, and you need to upload it to the internet somewhere where people can access it. Those are the big three things. And so for recording a podcast, you'll need recording equipment, which in the age of Zoom meetings has become very, very simple. You just need a USB microphone, so a microphone that plugs into your computer, it's not your laptop microphone, and some kind of online recording software. We're using Riverside. That's what I recommend for most of my clients. But if you're comfortable with Google Meet or Zoom or Skype, all those platforms have built-in recording capabilities where you can record the meeting and then use that audio for your podcast. And then the microphone that I recommend is the Samsung QTU. It's a $65 USB microphone. Sounds great. You can get it on Amazon, get it delivered in less than two days in a lot of the United States. And that's the one that I recommend for most people. So once you have that, you have a way to record the audio and you have a microphone for every person that's going to be on it. If it's a locally produced podcast, then you need a way to edit it. You need a way to edit the audio files so it sounds polished. So it doesn't just sound like you turned on a tape recorder somewhere and someone's just along for the ride. And the two free softwares that I recommend, if you are a Mac user, GarageBand is already installed on your computer. You can use GarageBand to edit out loud noises and mistakes and oh, we're going to take a five minute bathroom break. Well, your listeners don't need to take one with you. So why don't you cut that out of the audio and add some music and give yourself the ability to kind of craft the episode. So if you are an Apple user, GarageBand is a free software you already have. If you use a Windows computer, there's a free software called Audacity does virtually the same thing. You can bring in your recording from your Zoom meeting, drop it in there, as you're listening through to it, make some small edits and tweaks and add some music, and then export out a finished podcast episode. So editing software, if you're doing it yourself, you're looking at GarageBand or Audacity. Then this place that you upload it to the internet so people can get access to it is called a podcast host. If you ever built a website, you know what a web host is. It's some cloud server somewhere that's serving up your website anytime somebody goes to your URL on the internet. So a podcast host is very similar. So you don't actually directly upload your podcast episodes to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You instead upload it to a podcast hosting platform like Buzzsprout, and they will then distribute those audio files to those platforms from a central place. So it's nice because you're not having to, okay, I made a new episode, and let me upload it to these 17 places. You just upload it to one place, and then it automatically gets distributed to everywhere else. So you'll need a podcast hosting platform to do that. Buzzsprout's the one that I recommend. It's relatively affordable, $12 to $18 a month for most people. There are free options out there. Anchor.fm is one. Red Circle is another one. And so if you're really trying to super bootstrap it, you can go with a free option. But if you have a little bit of cash, I would spend it on Buzzsprout if you can. You're just gonna get more features and more capabilities than you're gonna get on those free platforms. And that's all you really need in order to start a podcast and then just obviously record the content and tell people about it. But as far as the process itself and the things that you need, it's actually pretty simple once you lay it out in that way.
0: Okay, so Travis, we do want to talk about you know the marketing side of the podcast, and as you know, somebody who has more than three hundred fifty thousand downloads, you clearly have this keyed in figured out, and you do the same for many of your clients. So with podcasting, you know it's one of those things. Like as opposed to like if you create an Instagram reel, that algorithm is going to continue to push out to people who are interested, but with podcasting, only your subscribers are going to know you have a new episode. So obviously, you need to continue to add more subscribers. So from a marketing perspective, what does that look like? How should people go about marketing their podcasts? Where have you had success? What tools or tactics do you recommend? All the things.
1: Yeah. So we'll talk about free strategies and paid strategies. All right. So we'll kind of cover the spectrum. Let's start with free. Word of mouth Basically, someone recommending a podcast to someone else is still the number one way that people discover new shows, even after all this time and the age of the paid internet that we're in. And so, the first piece of marketing a good podcast is creating a podcast that somebody would want to share, but not just share with anyone, share with a specific kind of person. So, that's where identifying your niche, who you're serving with your podcast, and how you're making their life better. If you can dial all those things in, it makes growing your podcast a lot simpler because then the people that listen to your show are going to be super passionate about it because you're the only one that exists that's like it in the world. And then when they interact with other people that share similar interests, your podcast is going to come up. So that's number one. The more focused you can be with your content and the more dialed in you can be, the more effective your marketing will be because then people will self-select into the content instead of being like, oh, it's just another marketing podcast. There's a million of those, right? Then it's tapping into the channels you already have. So do you have a newsletter? Well, whenever you publish a new episode tell people on your newsletter about it and give them a reason to listen to it don't just say i listened i published a new episode of my podcast you should listen to it because reasons like give them an actual reason to go and listen to it if you have a social media presence you can create social media content and share it with your listeners that way if you have a storefront put a poster on your window with a QR code that people can take a picture of and it takes them to a link to listen to your podcast anywhere where you're getting traffic or attention from your existing business, clients, prospects, leads, put your podcast front and center as a resource to help make their lives better. That's the easiest thing you can do in order to capture some of that and convert it into podcast listeners. And that could be anything. That could be Instagram. It could be email. It could be your website. It could be storefront. It could be email signatures. So like underneath your name, hey, if you're ever looking for a podcast about X, check out ours, here's the link. Anytime you're communicating with people, that could be interested in your podcast, tell them about it and give them a reason to listen to it. And then as far as paid opportunities, you're really looking at paying to promote your show inside of podcast listening apps. That's the most effective way that I found to do it because it's hard to take someone from scrolling on TikTok or Instagram watching cat videos to listening to a 45 minute (laughs) conversation. It's just a very different frame (laughs) of mind, right? You can do one on the toilet. You can't do the other, especially not in a public bathroom. So you're really trying to find people that are already in the mindset of, I'm looking for long-form podcast content. And the platforms that I encourage people to start with are Overcast and Podcast Addict. They're self-serve ad platforms that basically create banner ads within the app so that when somebody is looking for a podcast that's similar to yours, yours will show up as a paid placement. And you can expect to spend between 6 and $12 for a podcast subscriber. And that might seem expensive per person, but if you consider that On average, something like 90 to 95% of podcast listeners consume the whole episode. And if you have 40, 45-minute episodes or even longer, and you're producing them every week, then that person that you purchased for $6, not that you own them, but you you purchased their attention for $6, (laughs) they are now hanging out with you for 40 minutes a week, every single week. How valuable is that connection versus a three-second Instagram video view? Considerably more valuable, Right. And with a podcast, you're not fighting with an algorithm. If somebody subscribes to your show, every single time you push out a new episode, they're going to get it, period. And so because the value of a podcast listener is so big compared to other mediums, 6 to $12 is actually like a really good deal for those kinds of qualified leads. So that's in general what you can expect on those platforms. And you'll choose the category that fits your podcast the best to promote. So if you have a business podcast, you want to promote it in front of other business podcasts. So you're reaching the kind of listener that's interested in the content you create. But they're relatively straightforward. It's not as complicated as trying to run Google ads or Facebook ads. It's just, what's your show? Write a quick little headline and then put in your credit card and it gets in front of podcast listeners that are interested in that content. So those are the main strategies that we use to promote shows. And then once you get into like you know spending multiple thousands of dollars to promote it, then that unlocks some other enterprise solutions. But for most small businesses, that's going to be overkill because you're not really trying to build a podcast to reach tens of thousands of people, you're trying to reach the right person. And if you're hyper-focused on reaching the right person, you don't need that many listeners for it to be worth your while.
0: Man, Travis, this has been such a good conversation. I'm sure everybody listening is ready to start the podcast, learn (laughs) more from you, and oh, just so, so many things. Thank you so much for dropping so much wisdom today, making podcasting seem so approachable. And just... More or less speaking to people's fears about podcasting, I think this is something that a lot of people want to do but they have no idea where to start and they don't necessarily realize that it can be simple if you make it simple. Yep,
1: yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be this giant mountain in front of you. You can have fun with it, be goofy, be yourself. It doesn't have to be like this super polished Instagram graphic where it's like 100% on brand. There's room for a little chaos here. And the other thing too is like whenever it comes to something creative or artistic, Whenever you're starting something new, you'll always experience this kind of like artist expert gap where you have in your mind the thing you want to create, and there's a tension because you can't make it that good yet because you're just getting started. You're a beginner. But then as you practice, you'll get closer and closer and closer to being able to create the thing that you have in your mind. And so also don't get discouraged when your first podcast episode isn't that good because you've already done more work than 99% of people in the world, right? Just by starting. And know that you're going to take the things you learned from episode one when two people listen, because you downloaded it and your mom downloaded it, and episode two is going to be that much better because now you have more experience doing it. And episode three is better and four is better and five is better until you get to the place where it's as good as you want it to be. But that's just part of the process. So don't let that hold you back. Don't let that stop you from producing a podcast or trying a podcast. Using an agency kind of helps fast track some of those things because the quality can be there right at the beginning. But it's only something you're going to get better at the longer you stick with it. So give yourself permission to be bad at podcasting so that you can get good at podcasting.
0: Oh, Amen. Well, Travis, where can people find you, connect with you, and learn more about the incredible podcasting resources and assistance you have for small business owners?
1: Sure. So honestpodcast.com is the website for my agency. There's actually a blog post on there, The Ultimate Guide to Starting a Podcast for Businesses. And so I'll make sure that Victoria has that link so you can just click that, go step-by-step through a lot of the stuff we talked about if you just want to use that as a resource, like a checklist to kind of go through as you're starting it yourself. Also at honestpodcast.com, if you're interested in learning more about me and what I do and how I work with brands and businesses, there's a button on there. You can schedule time on my calendar and be happy to point you in the right direction, whether that's working with me, recommending you to somebody else or giving you the tools that you need to do it yourself. It's not a sales call. It's more just like, how can I serve you and, and help point you in the right direction? And then if you're just looking for more advice about how to grow your business kind of in the world that we're living in and you want to do it in a in an honest way, then you can find my podcast, Honest Marketing, anywhere you're listening to this podcast.
0: Amazing. Travis, thank you so much for coming on the show. We will include all of the links you mentioned in the show notes so people can check them out. And guys, be sure to subscribe to Honest Marketing. That's the name of your own podcast. Yes.
1: Honest Marketing. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Honest Marketing, guys. Be sure to subscribe and you'll have Travis's amazing wisdom in your
2: headphones on a weekly basis. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to the Priority Pursuit Podcast. For access to all the links and resources mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes or go to PriorityPursuit.com. To ask questions, share your wins, and connect with other priority-driven small business owners, join the Priority Pursuit Podcast community on Facebook. Or don't be afraid to shoot us a DM on Instagram. You can find us at TreeFroggers, at Kelly, and at Victoria L. Rayburn. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a review. This will help other small business owners
0: wanting to be present in their personal lives, confident in their business choices, and proud of the legacy they're building find Priority Pursuit.
2: Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to join us next week for even more marketing, boundary, and priority-driven tactics you can use to build a life and small business you love.